You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 28th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we recap another pair of gut-wrenching defeats for the Orlando Magic and begin to really take stock of what we should think about this season, both with the Magic's main player, Nikola Vucevic, and the team itself, and and what that might mean for the future as the trade deadline inches closer and closer and closer. We'll have more about that coming up in just a bit, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Looking to get the Rockets' perspective on Chris Paul's return? You check out Locked on Rockets. Looking to learn a little bit more about the Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando's opponent on Tuesday night? Check out Locked on Thunder coming off their big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Want the national perspective? You check out Locked on NBA. You got Locked on Fantasy Basketball. And of course, the Super Bowl this Sunday. You can check out Locked on NFL Podcast Network, including Locked on Patriots, Locked on Rams, and Locked on NFL to get you set there. There's a Locked on Podcast covering every team in the NBA. Plus, NFL, MLB, and colleges, too. You can check them all out on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Or check out it, check it out on your smart device, your home smart device, by telling it to play podcasts, Locked On, and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. There's no sense in, in doing anything but ripping off the Band-Aid The last two minutes of games for the Orlando Magic for the last week have been dreadful. To be frank, Orlando has had a chance to win every single game that they've played in except for that game last weekend against Milwaukee uh, for a while now. And they've, they've won one. They beat Atlanta. But they've been unable to come up with a victory at the end. And it's one thing to say, as Steve Clifford did after... The game against the Washington Wizards, which to a certain extent he's right. And I, I'm not, you know, I, I know Cliff, we've kind of begin to learn some Steve Cliffordisms, and 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 I'm gonna I'll sit here and say that that I agree with him to a point, and I think I've sat here and said I agree with him to a point on these things. But this is a make or miss league. The coach's job is to put players in a position to win games, to make shots, get them good shots, and that's largely happening still. But the bottom line, the fact of the matter is the Magic are not making shots. On Friday night against the Washington Wizards in what felt like a pretty close to a must-win game over a team that, that they're fighting with in the playoff hunt, Orlando fell behind by as much as 18 in the first first half. They were 3-for-19, uh, at least from beyond the arc, in the first half. And, and, and by Clifford's estimation, he said after the game, 17 of those 19 were open. The Magic weren't making shots. Eventually, the Magic did start making shots. Their defense was pretty solid throughout. They kept them in the game. And they erased that 18-point deficit, taking a lead late late in that one. But Bradley Beal made plays, making a dunk off, off on Nikola Vucevic off a switch, uh, getting, uh, getting the ball to Jeff Green, who made a really tough layup in the lane. And Orlando did not. Vucevic missed an easy jumper, missed two free throws that, that he blamed himself for. After trailing by two points with less than 24 seconds left, the Magic were able to get a trap and a steal 
and get out in transition, but DJ Augustin passed the ball to Vucevic and he fumbled it out of bounds. Orlando squandered an opportunity for a win and they could look to miss shots. They could look to late game execution. There's a number of reasons that they could look to lose that game. Their pick and roll defense was not particularly strong. Washington went on a run in the second quarter and took that big lead, even with Orlando missing shots. Orlando found themselves in the game. So plenty of reasons they lost. It's not just the end of the game, but the end of the game sure stands out, especially after the way the Magic played at the end of Wednesday's loss to the Brooklyn Nets. But the schedule affords you more opportunities, and another opportunity came around Sunday against a very difficult Houston Rockets team. A Houston Rockets team, by the way, with its own late-game struggles of late. Here, Orlando was the one that took the lead, a 16-point lead, and even though they weren't shooting that great, they were attacking the glass well, getting rebounds, containing everyone around James Harden, and taking control of the game. For much of the second half, actually, Orlando withstood every run Houston made. They cut it down to four. They extended back out to eight or 10 or 12 until that final run, until the pressure ramped up, until time became a factor. And in the fourth quarter, Orlando's offense betrayed it again. The Magic didn't shoot particularly well. They were able to work off rebounds and and timely baskets. But when the Rockets switching defense really tightened up at the end, at the end of games, when, when you got to be sharper and more focused and execute better, Orlando looked a little rattled once again, as they have for the last week, maybe month. They looked rattled. They looked like they didn't have confidence that they would be able to pull this out, that they would be able to pull off the win. And when you lose that confidence, especially going up against great players like James Harden, like Bradley Beal, even D'Angelo Russell, like Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond a few weeks ago. When you lose that confidence and that belief, you're going to lose in these moments, in these situations. Up by two, James Harden hits a shot, gets to the basket. Orlando's unable to answer. They don't get a good shot of their own. Nikola Vucevic just struggling to post up a smaller Eric Gordon when the Magic get the switch that they want. He's forced to put up a rush shot out near the three-point line for some reason. Harden answers back with a basket or with a three-pointer. Orlando's chasing. They miss their own three. Harden answers with a step-back shot over Evan Fournier, just caught a little bit off balance. And that's all that he needs. You could certainly sit here and say Orlando needs a guy like James Harden, and what team doesn't? And that wouldn't be completely untrue. But right now, Orlando, for whatever reason, just doesn't have the confidence to execute and play well down the stretch. They don't have the ability and the belief to win these games. They're good enough to get there. They're good enough to play 44 minutes of basketball to get there. Against any team at this point, it feels like, except for the very elite teams. But those last four minutes or that last whatever is missing is everything. It's everything. Orlando still finds themselves four games out of the playoff race. They're also only four games ahead of the tanking teams. No offense, Atlanta, starting with the Atlanta Hawks. The Magic aren't about to give up on the playoff dreams, nor should they. There's still plenty of time left in the season, and Actually, after this stretch that ends at the trade deadline, the Magic schedule 
at least by record, softens up incredibly. The Magic will have one of the easiest schedules on the way home the rest of the year. And even if the playoffs do seem a bit out of reach, the Magic are too good. They're too far ahead to be put in that group of the worst teams in the league. It's not going to happen. They're not going to end up with the top lottery odds, nor should they try to with the where they're at with their development and with the players they have. But yes, that trade deadline is coming up quick. This was an important stretch for the Magic just to keep distance and keep contact in the playoff race. The path is not going to get any easier. Learning how to win is not going to get any easier. And losing these close games in these heartbreaking fa- in this heartbreaking fashion seems only to be sapping the confidence a little bit, the, the resolve a little bit. So when they get into these close game situations right now, it just feels like they're getting tight. They're not able to execute at the level that they were in the, in the previous 48, 44 minutes. And frankly, they're not able to raise their game to another level. And maybe that says all we need to know and all we needed to know about this team this year, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I do want to go over the final stats here from Sunday's game against Houston Rockets. Again, the Houston Rockets win 103-98 to at Toyota Center. Game only had one lead change. That was at the very end of the game. Orlando leading for almost the entire way. They gave up 29 points in the fourth quarter. Score only 16, outscoring, outscore 29-16 to in the fourth quarter. Sure way to get beat. Orlando giving up a 13-point swing in that fourth quarter to go from uh, up eight to down five. So Orlando just unable to get the offense going. And really, it was a struggle all game offensively for Orlando for the most part. 40.2% shooting from the floor, 10 for 35 from beyond the arc. They're really buoyed by 18 offensive rebounds that turn into 19 second chance points. Orlando did a really, really good job attacking the glass throughout the game uh, and just really being present on the boards and, and taking advantage of some of Houston's smaller lineups. That was an advantage Orlando had was they were able to, to that Houston goes small. I mean, Kenneth Reed at center is someone that Vucevic should be able to handle. And especially because Houston switches so much, Orlando had opportunities to attack the post and attack the paint. And they largely did that. 44 points in the paint, 19 second chance points. Orlando took advantage of some of those mismatches and, and played, a, I, I thought, a really solid game. And, and I, I, I agree with, with Steve Clifford, which he said after the game. This isn't a question of effort. This isn't a question of of want to or will or, or will to some extent. Um, it, it's really just a question of execution. It's a question of of dealing with the pressure, of playing at a, a level consistently, of knowing when you have to go to another level, find, finding that other level. Um, and, and this is really stuff that that teams have to learn how to do. And, and the only way to learn how to do it is to do it, is to get experience, to have confidence in it. And right now, the Magic are struggling with that confidence. You go back through the, this recent losing stretch, and really there aren't that many blowouts. It's not like the Magic are going out there and getting beat up and, and destroyed every game. I mean, it's you, that Milwaukee game even, Orlando looked like they were going to get run out of the gym, and they ended up losing by 10. They were down by four in the fourth quarter. So it, 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 this isn't to say there's a moral victory here, but I, I, w- I also would say the Magic are a lot closer than you might think. They're, they're in these games. They have opportunities to win, and... You know, close games, like I always say, are coin flip. They can go either way. I mean, Vuc- Nikola Vucevic waits two seconds later, and he tips it. He tips it in. DJ Augustin decides to throw the ball up toward the rim instead of trying to pass it back to Vucevic and kind of hit him in the stomach or or, or by his knees. Vucevic might make that shot. Now, now you have two overtime games and a chance to win two more basketball games. 
Um, Vucevic, again, making some free throws. It, it comes down to just those little plays, those little decisions that have big repercussions. And again, Orlando struggling again to finish games right now, to, to play in these clutch situations. They're now 2-6, 2-7 in close games in January. I mean, again, that's nine close games. They probably played 13, 14 games in this month. Um, 15 games, the majority of their games are coming down to the wire. So it's not like, I think, previous years, Orlando would get blown out and beat by 30. I mean, uh, yes, that's happened this year with this Magic team, but it's not happened during this stretch, during this losing stretch. Um, But at the end of the day, results are all that matters. Results are how we judge this team. Results are how we should judge this team. If there's something that's changed about this group, it's that. And and again, we can I think we can argue whether that should be a main goal with, with the direction the Magic are headed. And, and and I think you can make some arguments about what direction the Magic are headed at this point or, or what direction the Magic should head at this point. But regardless of that, the main goal for the team is to win. They're trying to make the playoffs and 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 ultimately you're judged by winning. And so that's ultimately how we have to re- how view we have to view some of these performances. Because Nikola Vucevic had a fantastic performance Friday. I think he scored 27 points against the Wizards. It was the only reason the Magic even had a chance in that game. But it was his mistakes at the end that cost them. And and again, at the and Vucevic said, I put the blame wholly on myself. I'm the one that that missed the two free throws, that that made bad plays down the stretch, that cost my team the chance to win. And, and he's, I mean, I, I would say that, yes, Vucevic played really well that game, but Vucevic is also right. It's on him to make those plays. It, the responsibility's on him, and, and he's coming up short. Again, Vucevic had his struggles in this one. 19 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists, but 8 for 19 shooting for Vucevic. The biggest thing with Vucevic was he really struggled reading double teams, reading where the Rockets were double teaming him from, and just beating up on smaller players. Um, the Rockets have some stocky guards and stocky wings who, who can hold their own a little bit in the post, but Nikola Vucevic should beat them. If he wants to be an all-star, which he should and, and he might be, he's got to take advantage of these matchups and take advantage of these these opportunities that he's been given. Uh, and and Orlando continually found that mismatch that they like. Houston switches every screen. Made it very difficult for them to get paint touches and dribble penetration. That's one of the reasons why the Magic's offense struggled so much. But they found Vucevic in the post a few times, and Vucevic was just inconsistently converting. Wasn't able to get the, the shots that he normally gets and wasn't able to beat them over the top. And, and that just could not happen, especially down the stretch. Vucevic had four turnovers in the game. That just simply cannot happen. He, again, really struggled reading where the double teams were coming from, and Orlando just didn't space the floor or, or put present themselves in areas where he could get them the ball or, or free themselves up so he can deliver them the ball in a position to score and take advantage of those double teams. So Houston's defensive strategy on Vucevic worked, especially at the end of the game, and, and that just can't happen. Your star has got to take advantage of those opportunity, of, of those mismatches, of those miscues. And again, that, that'll be something that, that maybe we talk about here in a little bit. A good performance, though, from Evan Fournier. 8 for 16 shooting, 18 points uh, for him. Uh, broke out of his, his little slump, or at least for one game. He really struggled against Washington. Again, if Fournier would have played at the level that we expect Fournier to play, which is honestly what, what he did on, on Sunday, then the Magic would have won that game. Magic would have won a lot of games of late because Fournier's really struggled to shoot the ball. Uh, this season, uh, did not this game. He was really effective. I thought he played really, really well. Um, again, I know James Harden had 40 points, 
But I thought Fournier was was fairly disciplined on Harden and did a good job kind of containing him. And again, Orlando gave themselves a chance to win. He contested a lot of shots. Harden's going to make shots. Uh, but I thought Fournier did a generally good job on Harden again. But it's about the result at the end of the day. And, and Fournier and the Magic certainly come up short. Aaron Gordon, 23 points, 9 for 18, shooting 3 for 8. 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 turnovers. Uh, similar to Vucevic, I thought Gordon really struggled to figure out how to break Houston's defense. They switch everything again. And so that puts a lot more uh, uh, responsibility on the ball handler to break down the defense to get those paint touches. And Orlando doesn't really have a guy that does that. And so Gordon would come around the screen. He'd have like P.J. Tucker on him. And Gordon really wouldn't know what to do. He tried to break him down off the dribble. And P.J. Tucker's too good of a defender. And Gordon is not a good enough driver to get away with that. And so Gordon was kind of stuck in no man's land. He took a lot of uh, off-balance shots and, and poor shots. That's where a lot of his misses came from. Uh, he found his rhythm, though, in the second half. was a big reason why Orlando was able to maintain the lead throughout the second half. Um, so an overall okay game. I thought when, when Gordon was matched up on Harden, he did a good job. I, I thought Gordon's defense was, was good, as always. Uh, but definitely uh, needs to needed to find a way to be smarter. And I think that's something he'll work on this summer is, is learning, again, how to break guys better off the dribble. Other notable performances, I thought Jonathan Isaac had a solid game. Seven points, eight rebounds, was especially active early on in the game. Two blocks, two steals for him. Um, DJ Augustine, 10 points, three for nine shooting, had a rough night. Uh, Terrence Ross, 15 points off the bench, but three for 10 shooting from beyond the arc, six for 16 from the floor overall. And worth noting as well, Jaron Grant, four points, one for three shooting, five rebounds, five assists, no turnovers, three steals. Jaron Grant had his best game in a very, very long time. I know it doesn't show up in the box score, didn't shoot the ball well, didn't score a lot, but his defense was really, really good all night long. Orlando relied on him heavily on that end. He made a lot of really good plays, was really smart with the basketball. Uh, and so, you know, Jaron Grant's gotten a lot of heat throughout the year. He hasn't been exactly what the Magic wanted him to be, but had a great game, made a positive impact on the floor for the Orlando Magic in this one. Orlando, again, shoots four, 39 for 97, 40.2% from the floor. 10 for 35 from beyond the arc. They get 18 offensive rebounds. The Rockets, on the other hand, shoot 47.5% from the floor, 12 for 36 from beyond the arc. Uh, they uh, they get 40 points from James Harden. They get 12 points and 6 assists from the returning Chris Paul. Eric Gordon adds 16. Kenneth Farid adds 12 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. But most importantly, of course, the Houston Rockets defeat the Orlando Magic 103-98 to at the Toyota Center, sending the Magic to 20-30. and There are there are certainly moments in every year that 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 feel low. the 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 eighty two game schedule of the NBA. If if you've been through the NBA schedule, you know a few times, you do know that there are ups and downs. It's it's a favorite cliche of players. You can never get too high. You can never get too low. You're never as good as you think you are on your best day. You're never as bad as you think you are on your worst day. And honestly. What this league is really all about is consistency. I, I know I've said it on the podcast here numerous times. This league is about asking, what can you do at a good level, at a great level, even on your worst day? What can you rely on? And and certainly a part of, of the growth that, that you want to see from the Orlando Magic and a part of the growth that you want to see from the franchise as they try to fight for the playoffs is to see something emerge as part of that identity. Something consistent emerge that, that you can claim to be 
and identity. And, and, and certainly part of the issues the Magic face is, is you just don't know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis from this team. You don't know what kind of game it's going to be. Are they going to shoot the lights out but not defend? Are they going to defend well but struggle to shoot? Is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Are they going to play fast? Are they going to play slow? Are they going to, you know, work the ball in the post? It's, you know, really the only thing that you can say for sure is, you know, if Nikola Vucevic is playing good defense, the Magic have a real chance because they're going to play through him and you know what he's going to give you consistently on offense. Um, you know, you know he's going to be good on the glass. You know he's going to dish the ball well. You know he's going to spread the floor with his, with his shot and, and work the post well and, and be, the good, be a good fulcrum for the Magic's offense. That's about it, though. Everything else just always feels up in the air. And, you know, I, I don't think you should ever apologize for expecting more of a team than, than maybe they can deliver. Steve Clifford, in, in the Fox Sports Florida promos and, and, and early on in the season, when asked, you know, what, what he thought about what this team could accomplish and, and, and expectations for the season, he said, you know, I do, th- he first said, I do think this is a playoff roster. But he would always caution that, you know, you don't want to set expectations on a season. You don't want to limit what a season can be because at the beginning of the year, you don't know what a season can be, what a team can be. You don't know what's possible and what's out there. And so you don't want to say, you know, this is a playoff team and, and that's it. And then be satisfied with that when they win 50 games. Expectations do and should change. As a team shows and reveals itself, you should shift what you believe they can accomplish. You know, if a guy gets hurt first game of the season and was such a big part of the team, you know, your goals change around a little bit. Maybe that original goal doesn't completely change because it's still so early in the season, but what you're trying to accomplish does, in fact, change a little bit. What you can accomplish does, in fact, change a little bit. I mean, Indiana, for example, was probably thinking that we can win a playoff series, get to the second round, maybe the conference finals. is conference finalist, perhaps. Without Victor Oladipo, that ain't happening. Is that Does that make the season a disappointment now? Probably not. But over the course of this season, the Orlando Magic, in my opinion, and you know, I think people continue to, to yell at me about this for some reason, but I think over the course of the season, the Orlando Magic have proven that they are a playoff caliber team. They do have playoff talent. They are good enough to compete for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Now, whether aspiring to be the eight seed is, is enough and 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 whether that is so, that is something that is ultimately beneficial for the Magic. I think it's self-evident. I think it is. I think making the playoffs is good for a lot of reasons for this franchise and for this team and for these players. But I, I think the team has clearly shown that they are good enough for us to to believe that and hold them to that standard. I've I've told a lot of critics of this team and a lot of fans who have just kind of lost hope that I still believe this is a playoff team and I'm going to hold them to that standard. Now, am I willing to bet money that they'd make the playoffs? Probably not. Maybe I am Maybe I am setting the bar too high. But if you don't set the bar high for goals that you can achieve, then 
you're really selling yourself short. I do believe this is a playoff caliber team. I do believe, honestly, that this is the best team that the Magic have fielded since Dwight Howard left. Maybe not by talent, but by performance so far. And in fact, they are still neck and neck with that 2016 team that won 35 games. But that's neither here nor there. Because at least if things keep going the way they're going, it it does feel like the Magic are going to fall short of those raised expectations. And this perhaps gets to the very heart of the problem that the Magic have and, and one of the big considerations and questions the Magic have to answer as they prepare for the February 7th trade deadline. And that might be the realization that this team is exactly who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. They've raised expectations. They've made us believe. They showed us what they are capable of at their very best. But those same problems, those same issues that a lot of us anticipated at the beginning of the season continue to show up, continue to drag them down. I am not afraid to say that this team could meet my preseason expectations and I will still call this season a failure because they've shown me they can be more. But I can't say that I'm completely surprised. Beginning of the season, I said, I, I, I put myself on record, I thought they'd win 32 games. They'd be a, a low 30s win team. I think I had them in the 20, probably in the 30 to 36 win range. I thought that was enough that you're playing meaningful games at this point in the season. And don't get me wrong, the Magic are still playing meaningful games. These are pressure games. And they're revealing a lot of the character of this team. And that's important to know. But I think it's also fair to criticize and say a lot of this was anticipated. We didn't need to go through this to know about the team's struggles and and shorthandedness. That if the goal was the playoffs, then management should have better prepared the roster to make that kind of a run. All fair criticisms. But at the end of the day, it it, it just looks more and more likely that we're looking at a team that we knew all along. That we're looking at a team that we knew had those offensive shortcomings. Had players playing roles that were too big for them. Too much for them to take. Lacked depth. And we're still probably too good to really be among the teams contending for the top lottery odds in the draft. And again, remember, the top three teams, or top four teams, I believe, top three teams all have the same odds to win the lottery. And the lottery this year will be drawing for the first four picks. So the odds, if there was a year to do this, and, and every year from now on will be a year to do this, Orlando's odds are still fairly good that they'll, are, are still better than, than previously, that they'll jump into the top four. So hang on to that chance as much as you'd like. And really, the fact that the Magic are exactly what we thought they were is embodied most in Nikola Vucevic. The guy who's been at the center of everything. Who's been the center 
of everything in this rebuild. He's done all that's been asked of him. He's put up numbers. He's played extraordinarily well this season. He's had his best season of his career. And the fact of the matter is, when the team needs someone to lead them to a win, to step up his play and, and lead by example, because Vucevic has been leading by example for the most part this season and by his words. There's no one who, who bleeds and dies for this team more than Vucevic on this roster, in my opinion. He wants desperately to win. But it's just not enough. His best is not enough. He very well might be an all-star this year. Certainly has a strong case. But asking him to be the number one option, to be the guy carrying the team, is too much. It's asking too much of him. And that's a difficult realism. I mean, it's not a conclusion that this was hard to reach. We may have reached it at the beginning of the season, before the season even began. Again, this team might just be exactly who we thought they were. And so asking Vucevic to carry the team down the stretch, that's not really who he is. That's not the kind of player he is, for better or for worse. He isn't a dump the ball into and let him go to work in the post type of player. Not all the time. Not when the game's on the line. But the Magic have nowhere else to turn. The Magic want to give the ball to their best player in these situations. And it's on Vucevic to shoulder that responsibility, that awesome responsibility, and deliver. And as feels like been the case for the last six years, he's been unable to lift his own or his team's play in these crucial moments, at these crucial times in the season, and at these crucial times in games. And that's what ultimately costs Orlando. That's what's ultimately what's costing Orlando. Steve Clifford, in my opinion, has wrung and stretched this roster as much as he can. He continued to say it after Sunday's game, I've got to find a way to help these guys. And I'm, I, I believe that Clifford is doing all that he can to help these guys, to put these guys in positions to win. He doesn't want to play guys 48 minutes. He doesn't want to play guys more than he has to. Aaron Gordon playing 40 minutes in Sunday's game should be an aberration because they've got a long road still ahead of them. But then again, I think it's fair to criticize Clifford to say, you don't have the luxury of planning ahead right now. You've got to win every game that you can you got to scratch and claw and fight for every win that you can get. And when you have a chance to win, when you have a big lead, you cannot lose it. You cannot stick to your rotation and lose it. Then again, maybe it doesn't matter. Because the roster, including the starters who have played very well for the most part this season, are just inherently flawed. There's obviously a big decision the Magic have to make in the next week and a half whether it's Terrence Ross coming off the bench and trying to recoup assets for him, whether it's Nikola Vucevic and having a decision made whether they're going to re-sign him or not and what his value is to this team, what they're trying to get for him. And the same goes for Ross. They've got big decisions to make, impossible decisions to make. Because without those players, this team isn't winning. But 
They can't keep tying themselves to the same team with the same limitations and the same frustrations. Because otherwise, they'll get the same results. We knew largely what this team was before the season. No one was under the illusion that this team was going to suddenly become a championship team. They were going to break out. We said, you know, maybe if they're healthy, they can compete a little bit longer. And honestly, the way they played this season, they showed that they probably could do a little bit more if they could figure it out and put the pieces together. There's still time to do that. It's not completely lost. But they'll have to play better basketball for longer stretches of time than they've ever played basketball in the last six years. And so, perhaps and probably, the Magic are who we thought they were. A team that shows promise and potential, but just can't get all the pieces together and then ask their best players to do more than they're capable of doing. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our big look at the difficult decisions facing the Orlando Magic at the trade deadline, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be talking a little bit more about that post uh, as we continue our trade deadline coverage. You can go back into our archives and listen to Friday's episode of Locked on Magic where I talked with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports about the Magic strategy at the NBA trade deadline. It's a very, very complicated and tricky situation for the Magic, so definitely check that out. Thank you all for thank you to all those who have listened. It's It's been one of our most listened to podcasts. I know it's uh, going to be a very intriguing trade deadline for the Orlando Magic, so definitely check that out. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com or follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.